There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10 and branch microbiter. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. everyone and welcome to police off the cuff real crime stories i'm your host retired nypd sergeant bill cannon a 27 year veteran of the nypd i want to wish everyone a happy labor day weekend even if you're not from the u.s you can still have a happy weekend it's been here it's been beautiful the weather's been gorgeous a great way to end the summer i also want to thank all of my uh supporters all you subscribers if you're not subscribed on youtube Go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up and ring that bell. And this is real crime or true crime from a police perspective. And if you want to support us financially, we have a Patreon. We appreciate all our Patreon members and all our YouTube channel members. They make it possible to deliver the content that we deliver to you guys. And I'll tell you what, I bet you didn't expect to see me this weekend. <laughs> I said, Bill has no life. He's coming on on the Labor Day weekend. But guess what? And I have a little bit of a surprise, too, and you're going to be thrilled with this. But, you know, the case now of, of, of Ruby Frankie, or actually Frank, it's the same Frankie, uh, from Utah, a Utah mother, it's sort of a bizarre, to me, a bizarre story. You know, uh, she chronicled her strict parenting style on YouTube and other social media channels. And she was arrested and charged with aggravated child abuse this week after one of her children climbed out a window and ran to a nearby house seeking help. Now, that help was that the child was, was malnourished. Ruby Frank was arrested. She's 41 years old. She was arrested on Wednesday in Ivins, a city in southern Utah, at the, house, uh, the home of Jody Hildebrandt, her business partner, who was also arrested. Ms. Frank hosted the now defunct YouTube channel, Eight Passengers, where she posted videos about her parenting approach with her six children, including refusing them food as a form of punishment. Refusing them food. Uh, Miss Frank and Miss Hildebrandt, this is according to the New York Times, were each charged on Friday with six counts of aggravated child abuse, according to the Washington County Attorney's Office. Each count carries a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison and a fine of up to $10,000. Here's a picture on the screen of their entire family. According to the affidavit, Ms. Frank's 12-year-old son, identified as RF in the document, climbed out a window at Ms. Hildebrandt's home and went to a neighbor's house on Wednesday morning asking for food and water. The child had duct tape on his ankles and wrists as well as open wounds. He appeared to be emaciated and malnourished. The neighbor called the police, who then found Miss Frank's 10-year-old daughter, Eve, at Miss Hildebrandt's. She also appeared to be malnourished, the affidavit said. Both children were taken to a hospital. The boy was placed on a medical hold due to his deep lacerations from being tied up with rope and from his malnourishment. Miss Frank was seen on YouTube video filmed in Miss Hildebrandt's home that was posted two days ago. Um, and Miss Hildebrandt, she's age 54, had knowledge of the abuse, malnourishment, and neglect. 
the two children were believed to be in direct care of Miss Hildebrand. A search of Miss Hildebrand's home found evidence consistent with the markings found on the 12-year-old, the police said in a statement. The police contacted Utah Division of Child and Family Services, and a total of four children were taken into the care of the Bureau of Child Welfare. Right now, I'm going to bring on one of my favorite, my best friends, a great YouTube uh, content creator in her own right, an actress and a mother of five. And I'm sure for Melanie Little, this really hits home since she is a mom. And to hear this type of child abuse, child neglect, it's pretty disturbing. Melanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. It's so good to be with you today on this Labor Day weekend. How are you? I'm doing well, Melanie. You know, this is a bizarre story because, you know, people sometimes don't think that affluent people, educated people abuse their children. And this goes contrary to that, uh, directly contrary to that. And it's pretty damn disturbing when you think about it, because not only did was she not feeding her children and doing some uh, neglectful and abusive things, but she was parading them on her YouTube channel for years. Uh, and, and I'm sure not many kids would, would like that. You know, she's parading their life, them growing up, they're going through this, they're going through that. A, a, a severe invasion of privacy. Your thoughts? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I had never heard of Ruby Frankie since, um, you know, she was arrested a couple of days ago. And uh, I, I did a deeper dive into it. I did a show on it, too. And and just um, she calls herself Frankie, even though it's spelled Frank, F-R-A-N-K-E. So I just call her Frankie because that's what she calls herself. But she has been shoving a camera in these kids' faces since 2015. And, and I had never heard of her. And I guess you have never heard of her either. But she had between 2.3 and 2.5 million followers as what they call like a mommy vlogger, where she was, you know, broadcasting her children's most embarrassing moments, their punishments. I mean, ever since some of them were born. And, you know, there was a lot of controversy about her and her channel for a lot of years. And this is coming as not quite a shock to some who have been following her for a long time. But for those of us, us that have never heard of her, you know, this is quite a bizarre story. And it just, I mean, look, uh, child CA knows no economics, you know, it, it crosses over cultural boundaries and racial boundaries and economic boundaries. It, it affects everyone. And it's such a widespread problem that, you know, this is really shining a light on it, you know, and child exploitation and YouTube. And um, there's a lot of things going on here and none of them are very good. You know, Melanie, they used to call um, television the vast wasteland because there was so many channels and, and it's even true today, but not as much because people have ch more choices and it's not just the networks. When we grew up, it was uh, CBS, ABC, NBC, and yeah. that was basically all, all you had. And then as they started adding channels, anyway, I'm going to say that YouTube is a vast wasteland because anyone that wants to can put up a channel and, uh, you know, and, and maybe they're an expert, maybe they're not, maybe they're just entertaining. And it is it. But certainly Miss Frankie, she had no license to give advice to anybody. She's not a licensed therapist, but yet. 2.5 million subscribers 
watching this world unfold. And then with her company, which she's a uh, partner with Jody Hildebrandt, it was um, it was called um, I don't have the name in connections, front of me. yeah, Con- connections. And there they were giving advice to people. Yeah. Now Hildebrandt may have a license to do that, a state license, but surely uh, Ruby Frank Frankie doesn't. And giving mm-hmm. out advice like that—that's against the law. You know what I mean? Well, not just giving out advice. They were selling lessons and selling these parenting courses and selling these retreats. And, you know, it was almost like a multi-level marketing kind of scam that they were running. You know, her YouTube channel went dark about in 2022, I think, and was taken off like maybe beginning of this year within the past year. And then she started this other thing with this Jody, and it just, she went off the deep end, I think. I mean, I, I, I asked the viewers that like explain this to me. Like I don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on here. I don't understand how these children were. And you're going to get into, I'm sure, the story of what happened with her two youngest children and why they're facing these charges. But as a mother, as a police officer, as a detective, as anybody, it shocks the conscience what happened here and, and the treatment of her children and her entire family. By the way, have family channels on YouTube. Her three sisters all have their own family channel. Her parents, they have like a grand, grandma and grandpa Griffiths channel or something. So their whole entire family is involved in the YouTube world. And and YouTube was paying the bills for this family. So she was shoving the camera in those kids' faces because that's how they were making their money. You know, Melanie, I'm always uh, baffled by YouTube. I, I, I you know... I sometimes fret myself. So why don't I have more subscribers? And then I see certain certain people that I view as not very talented that have three times the amount as me and no credentials to, to do what they're doing, yet they're drawing this audience. And I'm not trying to be uh, you know, jealous of that, but it, it baffles me. And as does this baffle me, that these folks with absolutely no credentials as far as Ruby Frankie giving out advice and 2.5 million subscribers. It's just incredible. I want to play a piece of this from law and crime. Myself and you should not trust me either because I don't have any problem lying to you. I don't have any problem dropping responsibility, which is also deception. A popular parenting YouTuber and mom of six is arrested for child abuse alongside her business partner. Renowned former homicide detective Phil Waters comes on to analyze this disturbing case. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. The couple and their six children, very popular. I think it had over 2 million subscribers. It focused on parenting and homeschooling. It was interesting because Frank and her husband are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Seems all well and good, right? Like wholesome values. Well, it turns out that Frank and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, who founded a life counseling organization known as Connexians, previously known as Moms of Truth, The two of them have been arrested out in Utah. And for what of all things? Child abuse. That's right. Police received a call at almost 11 o'clock at night on August 30th, someone asking for help. And when police arrived on the location, they found a 12-year-old girl malnourished, emaciated, with open wounds and duct tape around the extremities. 
Frank and Hildebrandt, they were arrested on two counts of aggravated child abuse because it seems that police were led to another location where they found a second child, a 10-year-old girl believed to be the sister of the 12-year-old. and She also was in similar conditions. The children were taken to a hospital. NBC News reporting that four minors were then taken in by the Division of Child and Family Services. And for anyone that has been following the work of Frank and her husband, they have received criticism for their style of parenting. People had accused them and suspected them of abuse and exploitation in the past based on what they saw in their content. In fact, it's been reported that some of those videos have now been deleted. And to give you an example, Child Protective Services was called back in June of 2020 to check in on the family. This was prompted by a change.org petition. That's what the reporting indicates. And it came about after there was a video of one of the couple's children recounting how he was forced to sleep on a beanbag for months as a form of punishment by his parents. The reporting indicates that nothing came from this visit by Child Protective Services. There may not have been enough evidence to go forward. But going back to Hildebrand for a moment, so she's accused of promoting very harsh forms of punishment through Connexions, this counseling services, such as her and Frank discussing how if a child refuses to follow, quote, principles of truth, they can be cut out of a family. And here's another aspect of the story. So Shari Frank, the oldest of the Frank children, seems to have posted on Instagram, quote, me and my family are so glad justice is being served. We've been trying to tell the police and CPS for years about this and so glad they finally decided to step up. She further wrote, the kids are safe, but there's a long road ahead. Please keep them in your prayers and also respect their privacy. Well, you know, one of the things that disturbs me about that, of course, is if the older kids, and uh, I believe the daughter Shari was a, a junior at Brigham Young University, why didn't she say something? Why didn't she save her brothers and sisters? She's been trying. She has been trying. I mean, and in Sherry's defense, and I looked into her because this was new to me too, but um, she got out of that house, you know, as soon as she could. And, and recently, Chad, the oldest son, turned 18 and he got out of there too. But apparently, she's been going to CPS for years and years and years and law enforcement and nobody wanted to listen. You know, her own viewers started that change.org petition based on the stuff that they were watching on her YouTube channel. So I, you know, I don't know if she was, if this was a wealthy thing that, you know, people didn't, they didn't investigate her because, you know, how could she possibly be doing these things? All these people are crazy on YouTube. They just want to, you know, cancel her like a cancel culture thing. Or if she was very involved with, who knows, donating, you know, I don't know, maybe they showed up a couple of times and they didn't find anything egregious, you know, they didn't see bruises, duct tape, rope marks, and they were sort of like, all right, you know, enough already, we're getting enough calls. I don't know what happened, but people have been reporting this woman for years, including her daughter, and nothing was done. You know, Melody, I want to also make a, a, a separation or differentiation of the parent's right to... uh punish their child. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all done that. And in different ways, it may be time out. And that was the popular thing. Oh, my kids are young. Time out. You mm -hmm. know, it never worked on them. But uh, certainly, you know, e even a level of corporate punishment, not beating a kid, but a level of corporal punishment is certainly, I think, allowable. And most parents, I, I didn't hit my kids, you know, I mean, maybe I slapped them on the ass when they were younger, if they did something outrageous. 
But there is a whole difference between starving your kids, tying them up with duct tape, and doing, you know, punishments that are are unlawful. You know, un how about that? It struck me like the, the one kid went to school and forgot her lunch. And she said to the teacher, don't eat, feed her because I want her to learn a lesson. I mean, come on. I'm she not, was six. She was in kindergarten. That girl, and she was horrendous. required to make her own lunch. That's what her mother made her, forced her to make her own lunch. And she said, well, she's going to learn a lesson now because she'll be hungry. And now she'll know that she'll never forget her lunch again. Six years old. Can you believe that? Six years old. I remember being young and my parents making me sit at the dinner table for about an hour after dinner to try to make me eat my peas. <laughs> right. I, I would you could have kept me i'd still be there i wouldn't be i hated peas you know and i thought that was a little bit uh on you you know it wasn't fair because i, I was unusual. never gonna eat yeah. peas i, I was never like gonna eat broccoli. peas I'll, I'll grow a beard i'll be santa claus by the time i eat these peas but mm -hmm. I, you know punishing kids in that way or or abuse or neglect you know neglect includes a lot of things neglect includes not giving the child an amount of love, even hugs, a kiss, mm -hmm. or, or or praising a child. If you're always beating down a kid, that's abuse, you know? Yeah, emotional abuse is a real thing. And, uh, you know, you'll see in the comments later when people comment on this show, they're going to they're gonna tell you that this happened to them as a child, too. And the, the, the ramifications are lifelong. It's, um, it's horrifying. I just don't know how anybody could tr treat children that way. And to be promoting it. You know, she didn't exactly promote, you know, the duct tape and the rope and the, the torture. Um, but this is eventually what happened. And they weren't even in Ruby Frankie's home. They were in this other woman, Jody's home, being kept in what may or may not be an underground uh, panic room, according to the the uh, audio from the 911 calls. You know, Melanie, you mentioned before that uh, there was reports to the Bureau of Child Welfare and perhaps... You're right. Maybe the the affluence of this family and the money, or another thing could be, is the religion. Yes, the Church of Latter Day Saints. That that church is not a stranger to me and to hearing. So, first of all, it's it's a Mormon religion. I'm not going to put that in any religion. But don't oh, they also allow polygamy in that religion? Yes, they do. And you know, the laws in Utah are in alignment with the Mormon Church. It's a fact. The legislators are. All, many of them, most of them are LDS and they are LDS is, you know, for Latter-day Saints. That's what Mormons are called. And and they are making the laws. They are enforcing the laws. They are they have their own policies and procedures. And something else that I learned is that the higher ups in the Mormon church are not mandated reporters when it comes to CA. So, you know, here when if, if a teacher sees signs of, of abuse in a child, they're mandated to report that to the state or to what we call um, CPS, they're not mandated in the in the Mormon church to report. So I, I don't know what's going on out there. And it's just a fact. It's just a fact that that's the country, country, you know, the it is the country because it's mountains and desert. But, you know, that Utah is run by the LDS faith for the most part. And people, anybody here who lives in Utah will tell you the same thing. You know, I could see that as uh, very, well, more than intimidating to the CPS 
BCW, whatever you want to call it, Bureau of Child Welfare, Children's uh, uh, Protective Utah, Services. Utah, they call it a DCFS. So it's the Department of Child and Family Services. Okay. So DCFS, mm -hmm. I could see being intimidated by A, the affluence of the family, but mostly B, the church. Because mm -hmm. if they're, if the church is that powerful, I could see the, the, the CFS, uh, Child and Family Services, being extremely intimidated. And you know something? The intimidation goes right to the top probably of that organization or even above the top of their organization to the political world. Uh, you know, local uh, uh, politicians who may also be members of that church. And what does that do? Right. It protects abusers. And, you know, she had been very vocal, the, some of the reporting says, about her connections, uh, you know, in the church and how she was very well connected to some of the elders and the higher ups um, and not just uh, intimidation. Um, let's say, what if it was run by, you know, people who believe in this type of thing or, you know, protecting their own? And you see that in a lot of things, not just this religion, a lot of religions. You know, we, we see that in a lot of other, uh, you know, law enforcement, judges, people protecting their own. You know, it's not we're not new to this. You know, Melanie, my, a part of my job uh, as a sergeant when I was on patrol for the NYPD was uh, going to homes where there was suspected uh, child abuse. And my job was to make an assessment. And if necessary, I had the power to remove the children. And I had done that on numerous, numerous occasions. And if it warranted, I would arrest the parents or the abuser, whoever the abuser was. There were times when I removed the kids and didn't arrest anyone because there wasn't enough really to arrest them. And I would leave it to uh, CP. It was known as CPS, uh, Children's mm -hmm. Protective Services. So, and it wasn't a comfortable thing to do. I didn't take any pleasure in doing that, but I felt that I was protecting the lives of the kids from adult uh, adult abusers. And it's, you know, as the kids are even crying that they're being removed because a bad parent maybe is better than no parent, you know? Sure. And Stockholm syndrome is a real thing, you know? And many times uh, abusers are very um, meticulous. They, they know how to cover it up. They know how to threaten the children into what to say. If anybody questions you about this bruise on your arm, you're going to say you fell down the stairs. Um, and so many of the children are threatened that they're afraid to speak up because of the threats that have been made behind the scenes. And so I think if there's not, I don't know what the standards were when you were reporting to these calls, you know, if you had to see some evidence of actual physical abuse, you know, like a mark or a bruise or a, um, you know, something to indicate that there had been physical abuse, what the standard was. No, if it was neglected, abused, if, or yeah. maltreated. And if so, if right. I went to a house and there was no food there, or the right. home was filthy, I could use my discretion and remove the children. Wow. This was not a healthy place for a child to live. There's mm -hmm. no food in the refrigerator. You know, right. the place is uninhabitable, you know. And I, you know, I would have to use my discretion and... uh Look, I, I hated to walk away from something like that and then wonder if I, the next morning I would get a call from the priest and said, remember that case you went to last yeah. night? Well, the kids are dead now. You know, right. I didn't ever, ever want to hear that. So I erred on the side of protecting the kids, you know. Sure. And, and you know, they show up to Ruby Frankie's mansion 
because she has boasted about making millions on YouTube, millions before she gave it up to do this thing with Jody. Um, you know, they show up to this, you know, mansion. I'm sure there's plenty of food in the house. The kids are probably just not allowed to eat it because, you know, but, um, you know, they're like, oh, come on. You know, they look fine to us. Maybe I, I don't know what went wrong here, but I think there were a lot of failures along the way. And I think there's so much more to this story that's going to come out. 100%. Unfortunately. Let me play this little uh, piece here from the news. Police say this is the house a young child escaped from and went to a neighbor's house asking for food and water. They said that that child was severely malnourished along with another one they found inside the same home. Now, we talked to neighbors in this area and they said that they don't really know the homeowner of this home very well. But she's in business with a woman who has gained a huge following online with YouTube videos getting hundreds of thousands of views. So being a mom's a full-time job, but... Popular Utah family vlogger Ruby Frankie was arrested Wednesday. The 41-year-old mother of six is known for sharing clips of her children's daily lives on their now-defunct YouTube channel, Eight Passengers. Today, she and her business partner, was taken Jody Hildebrand, You see that the son is saying something and she doesn't like that he's sort of outing her, mm -hmm. that he was made to sleep on a beanbag for X amount of months. And you could see how uncomfortable she gets here Oh no, you know, like uh, I'll let the, I'll let them know the bad stuff, not you, you know. But you can see, look how uncomfortable our uh, body language is. My bedroom was taken away for seven months, and then you give it back like a couple of weeks ago. I don't think. Her oh yeah, that's something to smile about. That's funny. <laughs> that's yeah. Really and she says, I don't think they want to hear about that. That's really hilarious. Viewers know that. <laughs> You've been sleeping on a beanbag. I'm sleeping on a beanbag since October. <laughs> Police say a clearly malnourished 12-year-old child crawled out of the window of Hildebrand's Ivan's area home. A neighbor called 911 when he showed up at their house asking for food and water. Officers say his wrists were duct taped. He had wounds from being tied up across his body. Investigators say they found a 10-year-old girl inside the same house who was also malnourished. Frankie's family vlogs ended without a specific reason given. Frankie now works for the Utah County company Connections, along with Hildebrandt. It's described as a treatment program for those with mental health and addiction issues. Connections has been the subject of a lot of controversy, specifically for its teachings on parenting. Many of Frankie's siblings are also online content creators. Her sisters released a social media statement saying, quote, Ruby was arrested, which needed to happen. Jody was arrested, which needed to happen. The kids are now safe. Frankie's eldest daughter, Sherry, posted this picture on Instagram with the caption, finally. In the next slide, she said her family is glad justice was served. She wrote, quote, we've been trying to tell police and CPS for years about this, end quote. The Santa Clara Ivins Police Department did not provide an update on the children's condition. According to the Washington County Sheriff's Office, Frankie is still in custody. At this point, we know the Santa Clara Ivins Police Department is working with the Springville Police Department on this case. We will continue to bring you updates as we get them both down here in Southern Utah and up in Utah County. Shelby Lofting. You know, first thing I, I notice when I look at that house, to me, it looks like a uh, a multi-million dollar house. Like That it, is, it is. I zillowed it, it, it. Yeah, it looks like about a $3 million house. And I'm it like, is. Oh, so she's living in this $3 million house, but she can't feed her children. 
Well, that's and, Jody's house. That's Jody's house, the partner, the business oh, partner. Oh, the partner. Jody's yeah. And if you look okay. look at how remote that house is, if you go if you want to go back to, to just a wide shot of it, it's in the middle of the desert and the mountains. And and if you look at it, it looks like a fortress. And this poor little boy who's so malnourished and probably so weak escaped finally to save himself and his sister. Where, where did he even climb out of? Those windows look like they're all you know, boarded up and gated up and, and, uh, you know, how far did he have to go to get to the neighbor's house where he knocked on the door asking for food and water? This whole thing is shocking to me. And another thing that I learned, this is in Ivins, Utah. Uh, Ruby Frankie lives in, I think it's Somerville, you guys, or Springville, whatever it is, is four hours away. That's where her other kids were four hours away from this woman's house. So who's taking care of It's not of her like other they were children? nearby. Who was taking care of her other children? Nobody. Neighbors have reported that she left them alone for weeks. Um, while she went on retreats, she papered up her windows in her house, Ruby Frankie did. Yep. There was a big you story know, in Rolling Stone about it. Absolute you know, insanity. You know, Melanie, as we were talking about before, um, people that 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 give advice or or, or professional advice. They really should have professional licenses, you know, and obviously uh, Ruby Frankie does not. And you said you said that Jody Hildebrand does, but I think that she almost lost her license recently. Uh, she, go ahead. she she did. Yeah. Um, I, I forget when this was, but I read some stories about her um, breaking privilege. And she actually went she had a, a patient who was addicted uh, to pornography and without the patient's consent, went to the elders of the Mormon church and sort of like ratted this guy out. And that was a big ethical violation. Um, she's had some issues. She also was the therapist for Ruby Frankie's oldest son. I mean, you want to talk about conflicts of interest all over the place and ethical violations. And don't even get me started on this one because I, 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 I don't get it. Bill, who's taking advice from this woman? But then who's, you know, to me, what that says to me is that someone is protecting them. They're, they've obviously been in violation of the law. They've had this CA problem for a long time and nothing's been done about it. Perhaps, as we said before, affluence is intimidating and perhaps, and I don't have insider information, but the power of their religion, of their church, maybe protected them. And that, if that's true, but it's very difficult to uncover. As you know, you've mm -hmm. done investigations against yes. the, the biggest church on this earth. That's right. And uh, very tough to take them down when they have the power and the money to, to even back up criminals. Things sure. To pay people off, to cover things up, to, you know, convince parents not to go to law enforcement. I mean, that diocese was a whole, you know thing unto itself with the policies that were in place. I mean, it, it, what we uncovered was a huge, huge uh, scandal, but it's going on everywhere. It really is. And who's to say if it was going on in this case or not, but uh, it's insanity. It 100% is. And you know, the, uh, let me play a little bit of this here. For her strict parenting style now under suspicion of child abuse. ABC's Zareen Shah is back with more on that. Zareen, good morning once again. 
Yeah, well, this is just a shocking story. And for the first time, we're hearing 911 responders and their horrifying descriptions of that child and the mom of that kid touting herself to millions as being a parent coach that others should emulate. And my kids are literally starving. I hesitate to say this because it's going to sound like I'm like a mean barbarian. This morning, a Utah mom influencer arrested facing six felony counts of aggravated child abuse. For the first time, we're hearing emergency responders as they see one of Ruby Frankie's children after he allegedly escaped through a window. Email does have duct tape around each ankle. He's not telling the RP why. And so that there's sores around his wrists and ankles. He's becoming, or correction, the RP is becoming emotional regarding the child's health. I'm going to go ahead and have medical take on this one. Arrest documents saying the child escaped to a neighbor's home. The 12-year-old child described by that neighbor in a phone call to police as emaciated and malnourished with open wounds. Court documents also describing deep lacerations from being tied up with a rope. He's also saying that there's two of his sisters are back at the home as well. Police say they also found Frankie's 10-year-old daughter malnourished. Frankie is known for her strict parenting advice to millions of TikTok and YouTube followers. The mom of six previously received criticism online for some parenting tactics, seen in a now deleted YouTube video saying she has kept food from her kids. I'm not even going to let you eat breakfast until you get your chores done. Expert. That, that, that's pretty sick, isn't it, Melanie? I mean, you can't eat? How is, how is that okay to deny your kids food? How is that? Oh, it gets worse, Bill. It gets worse. Well, the, look, I mean, the other things that she was, you know, saying she was going to cut off the girl's stuffed animal's head because the girl, uh, I can't remember, the girl was, she was very, very little and she was cutting things with scissors. And the mother said, if you cut one more thing of mine, I'm going to, and she took the beanie baby or whatever it was, and she had a pair of scissors to a thing. She said, I'm going to cut the head off your beanie baby. Crazy. Magical Mary, uh, I, believe me, I've seen the worst in, on this yeah, earth. I know. So, I mean, I don't know where you're, you're coming off with that. I was a sergeant in the NYPD for 22 of my 27 years. Mm -hmm. I've been in places that you would go and you'd want to take a shower immediately upon getting out of there. So I don't know what you're trying to say. Do I think this is bad? Yeah, this is bad. Whether they're affluent people, people that are hiding behind religion, people that are hiding behind their money, these kids would have wound up dead if this didn't happen. Because it escalates, get, it gets worse and worse and worse, and yeah. yeah, I think this is bad. You know, this it does. They don't have to be poor kids in the hood. These are rich, these are rich kids, but look how abuse abuse they were getting. I mean, it, it became extreme. And my question is, where's where was the dad? Where did he go? We, we asked that. Yeah, absolutely. Where is he? Where is the dad? He split. And, he, he, and, he was involved in this family channel for quite some time and they would do videos together and they would, um, you know, he was talking about, you know, the punishments and how they were raising the children as well. And, and it got progressively worse. You know, it wasn't always to this extent and it was never to the extent of the, the condition in which they found these two youngest children. But he's been MIA. He took off. I, I don't know. There's some chatter that. They got divorced, but then I saw that they are still legally married and that the dad may have taken off and the oldest son went with him. And how do they leave these four youngest children in the custody of this woman who is obviously losing it and obviously getting progressively and progressively more and more cruel and evil and uh, torturous? You know, Melanie, he, he also, I think uh, he, someone tried to interview him and he, he lawyered up. He has an attorney, so he's not talking, mm -hmm. but... 
he is probably just as complicit in this, except he left. So leaving doesn't exonerate you from not protecting your children. And uh, he may also be – look, when I look at her in these videos, she seems mentally ill to me. She really does. She doesn't seem like she has all her faculties. Her elevator is not going to the top floor. You know, I could see it in her eyes. It's like – you know, she kind of reminds me of Lori Vallow, the way Lori Vallow started to think that her children were dark and they were zombies and something had to be done about them. It's very uh, it reminds me of that case. And you guys can chime up in the chat if it reminds you of that, too, that, you know, Lori Vallow eventually thought that her kids were dark and they had to be unalived. Um, but she also was a follower. Uh, I think maybe she had broken away from the Mormon church. And I think also uh Ruby might have broken away a bit, but she became just a really uh, a zealot, you know, a, a religious zealot and take, taking the beliefs of the church to the absolute extreme, you know, black and white, good and evil, good or bad. And if you were bad, you were going to have to pay for it. That kids need consequences, you know, all kinds of crap like that. Well, really. mostly how much of this also could be just even, uh, you know, the, just well mental illness but also their brainwashing they're brainwashed it seems and could that be coming from their religion that they have this brainwashed thing and basically that they can do whatever they want and get away with it because look how long has this been going on six kids and two of the older kids that are in college now they I don't know why they well, well you said that they did notify the Bureau of Child Welfare what they say that they did Utah. yeah but been they, they, they still left their young siblings in the house to continue to get abused. Again, Stockholm syndrome. You know, she's 20 years old, the oldest daughter. I mean, what can you do at 20 years old? She went to the aunts. And I'm not saying that, you know, the aunts had anything to do with this, but they did make a public statement that you just showed on Instagram that said that they have been trying for three years and that they've been keeping quiet for three years for the sake of the children. And, uh, you know, they've done everything they can, and I'm not sure what everything they can exactly means. But I'll tell you what, if it was my niece and nephew, and I knew that this was going on, I'd be in a courthouse filing petitions to have the children taken away. You know, I, I wonder how many times the police responded to that location uh, as an investigate, you know, to sure. investigate potential abuse. Or uh, CPS, right? The, yeah, how many yeah. Uh, reports were made. And... You know the CPS, they didn't always they didn't always remove the kids. I, I always found that law enforcement was a better arbiter of judging on the scene that mm -hmm. type of thing. And I'm not putting down the CPS because they have a tremendously difficult job. They're overworked. They have too many cases. And in this, there's an intimidation factor, which we named before: affluence, money intimidates, and the religion and both of those things can intimidate someone, a social worker who's banging down $50,000 a year and believe yeah. it, it happens. Affluenza. Remember affluenza? affluenza. It was, this was also like very cultish what they were doing. Um, it was very cultish. And I think after a while she began to believe that she was doing the right thing. And I think that she saw that the meaner she was to her kids and the more extreme her punishments became, the more clicks and views she was getting. And I think that that may have caused, you know, her adrenaline to keep going because she was making a lot of money doing this, remember? 
So, you know, she, she figured it out. She figured out the algorithm, right? Like those were the videos of hers that were making the most money. That's, that's so sick. Let's say Frankie's videos, even the deleted ones, could be used against her in court. If you're the prosecutor and the, the detectives, you may really be happy you have that because it could well corroborate some of these charges that the government is alleging. And four of Frankie's six kids are in child custody. The other two are adults. You know, it's unclear when her first court appearance will be, but likely all eyes will be on her when it happens. Janae? A really shocking and disturbing case, Zareen. Thank you for that. It, it is shocking and disturbing. And I, and I wonder, in a case like this, um, will she get away with it? Will the power of the person, the power of this... Uh, this sort of cultish type uh, situation she she's in, will that make her get away with it? Will they be even intimidate the courts? Uh, God, I hope not. I mean, each of these charges carries a max of 15 years. And, um, uh, you know, based on the kind of publicity that this case is already getting, uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure um, if she's convicted, because, you know, innocent until proven guilty, um, to give her the max. I mean, I can't. I mean, thank God that he got away or this could have turned into another Lori Vallow type situation where we're not talking about kids who escaped, that we're talking about kids who are gone. Um, you know, and I just I, I, let me take a comment, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, A.K.A. Ginny says, how is keeping quiet for the sake of the kids? They could have used their platforms if CPS wouldn't react. The sisters have a big following, too. And this is, you know, about the sisters who had platforms. And I agree with you, Ginny. I mean, that is... You know, there the statement was very carefully worded, you'll notice. And also that one of the sisters named Bonnie, she has since taken it down, did a heavily edited apology video that was monetized, by the way, um, about how, you know, she cried a little bit and talked about how they've been trying to do something for her niece and nephew for three years. But again, you're right. They have a huge following. They could have done something, but, you know. They didn't want to disgrace their own channels, maybe, by being involved in this. I, I don't know. I think that this is how they all make their living. They distanced themselves from her when they saw her going off the deep end a couple of years ago. Maybe they were hoping it would never get worse and something like this, a big scandal like this, would never break. Yeah, so you know, Cheryl Melody, says the family disowned Ruby a few years ago. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, Melanie, if you were watching this channel... You were John Q. YouTube, uh, <laughs> real true crime or whatever. You, it's not mm -hmm. true crime. It's actually watching this show. The family vlog. Yeah. The yeah. Family channel. And she and she was doing the things that she was doing. Wouldn't that totally turn you off? Maybe even inspire you to call up on her. I mean, because it's yeah. obviously she's talking about the abusing her children on her on her vlog. Apparently, there's a lot of other channels like this, too, that are still up where, you know, people just say, oh, they let their four year old roam into the city or the town. And it's just like free range sort of. I, I don't even understand it, Bill. I've never been. It's not my jam, these family channels. And I don't understand um, the I guess because I have so many kids and I'm just so busy with them all the time. I don't understand the attraction of, of watching someone else's family life unfold on a day-to-day -day basis because so many of these moments that she was posting about were so embarrassing 
And the children were like, mom, please stop filming. Please stop filming. And she would have the camera in their face. Like, no, I know you want to talk about it. I know you want to talk about it. And it would be something like very embarrassing in this kid's life. Could you imagine what it was like to go to school when all of their friends could watch their every move on YouTube? That's pretty horrific. You know, I, I think that, you know, this is such a, a voyeuristic generation that uh, we all want to be entertained 24-7. And it seems like, uh, you know, we're, we're all, myself included, sort of hypnotized by our cell phone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if, you, if you don't think I'm correct and see what go outside without your cell phone you feel like you're naked you go whoa where's my phone and your first thing you think is like, oh i lost it where is it and you, and you go into this little panic why is that happening because we're all just conditioned to want want to know what's going on 24 7 you know being plugged in even like back in the day when you didn't have a cell phone you know and your, your your significant other couldn't call you and say, could you pick up milk and bread? Because they couldn't get a hold of you, you know? And, right. then, and they'd have to get you at work or something like that. Uh -huh. now, before you go home, could you get, you know? And But now it's like there's instantaneous contact of almost whoever you want to get in touch with. And then there's also there's email, there's text messages were plugged in. And is that yeah. good for our brains or is that bad? What do you think? I think it's terrible. I think you're expected to be always available all the time, 24-7. And, uh, you know, my oldest kids had to call my office and get through my secretary to get me on the phone. There was no there was no texting. There was no instant messaging, maybe AOL Messenger, whatever the hell that was called at the time. But, uh, right. you know, they had to call and talk to somebody on the phone and get to me this this this. Everyone is accessible all the time. And if you don't respond to somebody right away, they get offended. And then they, you know, it, it's just, it's too much. It's overloading people's brains. You know, it's like, it's like the housewives, the real housewives. I have no interest in watching the, that. But some people love to watch other people's, I don't know, misery, drama. I find that to be very anxiety provoking, watching all their drama. And, you know, it's, to me, that's not a good time. I prefer yeah, to plug into like a comedy, but yeah, no, I, I mean, look, I think that even uh, I noticed, you know, I go to the gym every day and I notice the younger kids when I work out, I leave my phone in my locker because I'm there to work out. I'm not there to mm -hmm. text. I'm not there to receive calls. And if someone really needs to get a hold of me, I can wait an hour and a half and, and then I'll get back into the world, the, the cyber world later. But these kids cannot stay, or and they're they're texting with the two thumbs. They're they're better they're, they're better texters than I can ever be. Forget about it. They're lightning fast. But dude, work out. You need to work out, not to be on your damn cell phone. And it's it's really pathetic to tell you the truth. You know? You're going to the gym every day. Can you go for me too? Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Bill. That's amazing. Uh, well, I try. Yeah, I, try. I, I know. And plus, if you have your phone, it's interrupting your workout anyway. So you're just like. Why are you even at the gym? If you have to keep stopping to look at your phone, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And Phoebe sort of says, uh, Melanie, it's what a sick mind wants to see. Children abused. Yeah. Imagine the, oh, here, here's the video of Bonnie. You have it. Good. The thing that we ultimately care about is that our nieces and nephews are safe, and they are. And that is the only thing that matters to any of us. It is going to feel weird for me to move forward. Um, and I think... I mean, do I just move forward? Pretty incredible right there. And Frank and Hildebrandt, they were transported to and booked into the Washington County Jail. They're both currently being held without bond. 
talk a little bit more about this, let me bring in a fan favorite here on Sidebar. We haven't seen him in a while. Phil Waters. Waters is a former legendary homicide detective. It starts to accelerate. So it's, you know, it starts out with the little things, and then eventually it, it starts growing into these weird uh, manifestations of, you know, chaining him to a bed or, or something like that. So uh, not not terribly unusual under the circumstances of a yeah. kind of a classic a child abuse situation within a family that look, uh, you know, this ostracization of, of the family members. Uh, we hear a lot of these stories regarding people that are uh, Mormons where the, there's a break with children in the philosophy of the, of that particular church and they are ostracized. I mean, I think we've heard uh, stories like from the Osmonds, uh, you know, that, that kind of a situation. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's a cultural thing, but in, in terms well, of, well, I, I, I do want to be careful because I'm not going to group all, you know, people that believe in a certain oh, no, no, faith. No, 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 not no, at no, all. No, I, no, I just, I, it seems to me, if you, if you hear about what the children, how they were found, this condition of being essentially starved and taped up and tied up, it seems consistent with the narrative that's been online about these people. Well, yeah. So uh, again, I mean, you've got to start at the beginning, right? And so this doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. This is something that happened over time. And there are signs that people will see, but, but it's almost like the people that are close to them that see these things, they're not believing what they're seeing. Right. After, all of this has happened after they just went to the hospital. Um, what do you think is going on behind the scenes in terms of getting information from these young children and these alleged victims? Well, they're, they're going to be interviewed. And, you know, in Houston, we have a child assessment center that that's where they would go. And there's going to be trained personnel that will interview those children. So you know, Melanie, one of the things with this is that think of besides the, um, the abuse, the maltreatment, and neglect that these kids suffered. Now the ongoing investigation of it surely is traumatic as all hell. And it's going to take, I mean, I don't know who's going to ultimately take these kids. Uh, if, you know, Ruby and J uh, Jody Hildebrandt wind up going to prison, uh, who's going to take these kids? Who's well, I, think take the father, these the, kids? I think the father's looking for custody. And they're going to have to, you know, see what he knew, what he should have known, whether he was involved, you know, why he left. Uh, I think they need to be very careful about where these children go. And y y same thing with, you know, the grandparents, because we see a lot of other cases of abuse where the grandparents knew what was going on. And it's not a better place for the kids to be. So I don't know the answer to that. You know, is Shari the oldest daughter who's 20? you know, of legal age to, to raise these children. And is she capable of doing that? I don't know. But that's a great question. And, you know, are they going to, are these children going to be expected to testify against their own mother? Uh, there's a lot of really, um, really, really sad details to this. Yeah. 100%. Uh, folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like real crime, a true crime from a police perspective, then go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up and ring that bell. If you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels and a YouTube channel memberships with five different levels. And you see the folks in the green font. They're part of our YouTube family, our channel, our friends, our subscribers, and our fans. 
and we appreciate every single one of them. You know, I just, it, this is disturbing as, as, as much as, as you can never get used to um, anyone that hurts kids. You know, it's just, yeah. it's something that uh, will always stay with you and uh, it'll always remain that you always want to protect children, you know, and, and, and as a society, that's what we should be doing. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that do hurt children, people that are in positions of power, people that are in positions right. of uh, authority that uh, shouldn't be around children and are around children, you know. Mm -hmm. And when you extend that to the most powerful person in your life, your parents or your parents when you're a child, it's, uh, it's very damaging. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I want to just, Amy in Boston, we are not attacking you. She says, not for nothing. I listen to you guys while I work out or cook dinner on my phone with your buds. I feel attacked. <laughs> but she laughed. I'm like, Amy, we're not attacking you at all. I can't shoot myself in the foot and say, don't listen to me when right. you're working out. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I think even, you know, even a bigger problem than that is, you know, someone in power uh, abusing children. No child should ever be abused by anyone ever. But, this exploitation of children that's happening on YouTube and the fact that there's no legislation around this, you know, Illinois is going to be the first state to enact laws against child exploitation on YouTube because everyone is seeing that this is becoming a big problem. You know, remember Jackie, do you know who Jackie Coogan was? He was like a kid actor back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to enact the Jackie Coogan laws because a lot of parents were managing their child actor kids and stealing their money. So they, they made laws against that and they had to, enact, you know, have trust accounts and stuff. So this is going to be akin to that where they're going to start, have to start legislating about this because the children do not have the ability to consent to having their lives filmed and broadcast, you know, by their parents who are supposed to be protecting them. It's a big problem. Yeah. It, it is. It's a huge problem. And, you know, as I said before, uh, you know, we, they used to say years ago, I think Marshall McLuhan, it was that television is a vast wasteland. And now you could say the same about YouTube, because I think that, you know, not that if anyone can go up and put their channel up and, and, and if they get listeners and they make it even popular, you know, and you got to almost think that, why am I listening to this person? And if the person's giving advice, then they should absolutely have some credentials. Or if they're talking about something that takes some credentials, licensing or experience, then they should have such without, you know, talking to people about things they know nothing about, you know, and, in the case of here of Ruby Frank, she has no uh, license, no education, nothing about this. But hey, she she wound up having two and a half million subscribers, a million sure. for them. You know, I think so, people need to be very careful who they choose to take advice from, right? I mean, who's following this woman's advice? I don't know, but either a lot of people were just entertained by watching her and thought it was insane, and they just kept watching for that shock value. Or they really thought she was giving good advice. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, it's fine to watch something or subscribe to something that you're entertained by. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling yeah, exactly. anyone. But but if you're going to take advice from someone, it's like even when I get, when I tune into like I don't I don't tune in, but I've couple heard a couple of times Doctor Phil 
I get nauseated by that guy, you know. Well, she learned to do was you know, like please, you're not even a licensed therapist, you know. Like, I don't know why, but he's got millions of followers, you know. Right. And I, what I'm gonna say to you, that's a cop out, you know. I'm just like, oh my god, is Doctor Phil not really a doctor? He's I, I don't think he's licensed I don't know. to. He may have gotten his PhD. I don't know, I don't know if he's never watched it, but it reminds me of like, always- yeah, like the Maury Povich show. Remember how they would have like these crazy cases on there and oh like, yeah people would watch it just for a, the, a, the a, a huge audience you know always the the, the paternity suit they let's see if the dna right. came back you know open and the envelope the, the, there was better fights on the maury povich show than there was uh this week in boxing you know it was right. it was crazy <laughs> yeah uh, let me play a little bit of this here Tonight, she is under arrest on suspicion of child abuse after police say her malnourished son escaped out a window and ran to a neighbor's house for help. Here's ABC's Will Carr. For years, Ruby Frankie dishing out harsh parenting advice to millions on YouTube and TikTok. My kids are literally starving. I hesitate to say this because it's going to sound like I'm like a mean barbarian. The Utah mother of six who promotes herself as a parenting coach online facing backlash for tactics like withholding food from her kids. I'm not even going to let you eat breakfast until you get your chores done. But tonight, Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, seen giving advice in this video, are charged with aggravated child abuse after police say Frankie's 12-year-old son climbed out of a window at Hildebrandt's home, according to an affidavit. A neighbor reporting the boy asked for food and water and appeared to be emaciated and malnourished with open wounds and duct tape around the extremities. And police say he had deep lacerations from being tied up with rope. Inside the business partner's home, police say they found Frankie's malnourished 10-year-old daughter. Authorities say four children are now in the custody of Family and Child Services. So far, there's been no comment from either of the women. Frankie's family is speaking out. Her 20-year-old daughter says that she wants for people to unfollow her mother. And her sister says they did everything they could to help the kids. And the arrest needed to happen. Mary. Just awful, Will. Thank you. Crazy, you know. It's just <laughs> nuts. You never know what's going on in somebody else's house, but if you see something, you should say something. You know, that's the theme uh, that came from that uh, came from nine eleven. You know, yes, and, uh, it was that saying: "If you see something, say something." Right. And that goes for, and you mentioned mandatory reporters earlier, and of course, it's uh, police. Uh, firemen, medical personnel, teachers, Mm -hmm. all the people that come in contact with children in their everyday work and their jobs, they are mandatory reporters. And if they don't report and they see something, it's a misdemeanor. It's actually a crime to not report it. But I could see the intimidation factor in this case. Uh, We mentioned, you know, you said affluenza and that and the the religious aspect of this. Mm -hmm. You know, look, I had... um, Lizzie Herzberger, yes, uh, who wrote the book Behind the Blue Curtain. I'm friends with her. I interviewed her a couple of years ago. I'm still friends with her, and she watches this show every once in a while. That was a horrific situation in the Amish community, what was going on. And she mm-hmm. had the the bravery, and she wrote a book about it, and she actually uh, testified and prosecuted and still cooperates with, for the essay that's going on in the Amish community. And she's mm-hmm. a very brave person. If you haven't read her book, Behind the Blue Curtain, Lizzie Herzberger, 
it's it's great. I, I was one of the first authors that I interviewed, and I've read the whole book. And she's a, a hell of a nice lady, brave lady, and she still uh, takes that whole situation as a, her own cause celeb and, uh, you know, helps other people that are in the same situation she was in as a 14, 15-year-old girl. Sure. It's like escaping a cult. I mean, you look at Lee, uh, Leah Remini, who's going against the Church of Scientology and trying to expose what's going on there and the control and the abuse and all of the uh, misdeeds that are happening and how they will try and ruin you if you try and leave their their church. And, and somebody's saying in the chat, uh, do some homework. The Mormon church does not condone child abuse and neglect. We're not saying that the Mormon church either, either does the Catholic church. Either right. does the Catholic church and look at their history. I think that what we're saying here is that religious zealots of any form of any religion um, it, it go back to the Catholic religion, too. It's based on fame, uh, uh, you know, shame, fear and guilt. Those are like and many, many religions are. So if any person who believes in any religion or or cult or nexium, you know, whatever, takes that to the extreme power, there's going to be problems like this. We're not saying it's condoned by them. They did do this all on their own, 100%. But somebody who's already like going off the deep end may start to sort of normalize this behavior and think that what they're doing is in the best interest of their children in some bizarre, twisted way, if you, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And we're not, we're not uh, putting down any no. religion, but just the, the power that there, that's, uh, executed by religions and the secrecy right. and the the shame and you know the trust that people give others in the clergy and then when it's violated it's very difficult uh for people to go against that power and that's yeah. all we're saying and we're not pointing at any specific religion because they're all guilty they're right. all guilty of it. Anybody you know? abuses a child is guilty. But when they start hiding behind these beliefs that they, they think are are uh, a proper way, you know, to discipline or to uh, – that's that's a major problem. And, you know, we saw that with Lori Vallow. We saw that with her talking about zombies and darkness and becoming one of the 44,000 – I don't even remember to the extent. But her her and Chad had this whole – philosophy and whole reasoning why be whole reasoning behind why these children had to go away and not be around and she started to believe it i think and his trial's coming up so we're gonna see what he has to say about that too you know melanie they always say in, in whatever world it is is that you want to change something shine a light on it and uh that's all we're trying to do here too mm -hmm. is to shine a light on it. I'm not, you know, you know, I got 437 people in the chat tonight. This is not a huge, huge uh, audience tonight, but you know, it's an important show Yeah, and it's an important topic and I'll do that. I, you know, I'm not, uh, I realize it's probably going to get demonetized, but you know, something, some of these shows are important to do and, and I'll, I'll take it on the chin, you know, and, uh, that's I, I don't do this just for clicks or for money. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's part of the continuing theme of what my life's been about, you know, and I think you feel right. the same way. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, this is something that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Somebody's got to talk about it. I'll talk about it. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Melanie, um, what do you got coming up? You got any uh, 
new exciting guests, any new shows that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I have a show that I'm going to do on, I think, Thursday afternoon with um, a woman who's a therapist who wrote a book called Hey Addiction, Thanks for Nothing, How to Love an Addict or Alcoholic Without Losing Your Mind. So tune in for that one because she went to find some resources being um, the spouse of an alcoholic or an addict. And she, she found there were not a lot of resources for that. And I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that. So, um, her book is great. We're going to talk about it. And, uh, that's Thursday and I'm, I'm going to follow this case. I, I, I want to see what happens here. And I, you know, and I Melanie, like, you know, something, I think you do a great job on, on these, uh, topics. Uh, it's really, I think women, uh, people, want to hear from a woman and a woman's perspective mm -hmm. on this and then also that you have the background you have a law degree you're you're a mom you know you're an actress and you have many different experiences and you're not afraid uh to talk to talk because i know you can walk the walk That's so right. you're gonna you can <laughs> you can talk to talk folks um i have a, a great show coming up on tuesday at uh i believe it's at 9 p.m and we also we're gonna have on um patrick Ryder. Who is the Nassau County Police Commissioner? And the theme, of course, we're going to talk about the Gilgo case and Rex Ewerman and then the involvement of the Nassau County Police. Because so far, we haven't heard from the Nassau County Police. We've heard from the Suffolk County Police. We, we've heard from Rodney Harrison. We've heard from uh, Tierney, the district attorney. Uh, we've heard from the state police. Mm, Toulon, the sheriff, right? Yeah, the the sheriff. Toulon, the sheriff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've heard from them, but we haven't heard. From Nassau County, and two of the victims were found in Nassau County. And guess what? Rex Ewerman lives in Nassau County. That's right. So that'll be a myself, great show. It should be. Myself and Phil Grimaldi are going to be on, and uh, Patrick Ryder, who's a great guy, he's been on the show before, comes from a fantastic law enforcement family, and he's going to give us some inside information on the case. Hopefully, some of the things that we uh, actually haven't heard before. So uh, tune in. Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Patrick Wright and myself and straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. Melanie, your last last words. If you see something, say something. If you notice that your neighbor's children's, uh, children have not been seen in quite some time, say something. If you see that the children may look disheveled, abused, traumatized, say something. We can't all keep quiet because we don't want to butt into other people's business. Um, we need to look out for the children because the CPS workers are overworked, underpaid, heavy caseloads. And we need to be advocates for kids because I'm really, really frightened about what's happening with this generation of little children. We're seeing too much of this and it's not acceptable. 100%. Melanie, I just want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I think you're going to be a superstar in the YouTube world. <laughs> you know, just realize it doesn't happen overnight, uh, but you're going to you're going to do great, and you are doing great. And uh, I'm almost getting jealous of how fast you're oh, growing, which is great. Uh, I'm not jealous. I'm just kidding. There's enough viewers for everybody. Everybody's different. You know, everybody has a different channel, and you know, somebody said, "Oh, you're trying to be like this person." I don't even know who that person is. Number one and number two, I have a totally different style, just like you have a totally different style. We do have a lot of the same viewers that cross pollinate, yeah. but you know, we're all very different, and we all—that's why we like to do shows together because a lot of times I'm your devil's advocate. That's so, right. So, um, you know, no one ever says to me, Melanie, you know, 
No one ever says, Bill, you're trying to be like someone else. <laughs> no, like, like another, like another cop, you know, another detective show or another, not duty Ron, but you know, like other guys like that, you know, right, uh, does right. anybody ever say that to you? No. Cause you are really, definitely no. very unique. You have your yeah, I'm own trying style. To be, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be unique and have my own style, you know, even if, mm -hmm. even if sometimes I say things that people don't like, but that's, you know, something I always say, Melanie, for 27 years, I kept my mouth shut in the NYPD because right. I wasn't allowed to talk. Now, I'm not keeping my mouth shut anymore. So and folks, we're listening to you, Bill. We are right. listening. This, we're here for this it. Is, this is Police Officer Come From Real Crime Stories. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. On behalf of myself, Bill Cannon, and Melanie Little, have a great rest of your Labor Day weekend. And God bless. Night, everyone. One episode just ain't enough.